What was he going to do? Beat I, you up? I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I, like, there is something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent, accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Uh, Richie, you? I know you're with me on this, so uh, Nathan, go just on. go with me. Oh, no. I've been oh, doing no. a crossword. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe, Joe I, thought, I thought what was going to happen was Dashburger, when I arrived in today, uh. there would be whatever you wanted. I presume the text will come in. Never has a company got so much free publicity. It got clipped up as well. For literally nothing in return. I know. We're this waiting. Is not how, this is not how the media worked back in the day. No. I remember when I started out in Galway Bay, the one thing you knew was, give every give them an old mention and they'll send you in something for free. <laughs> That's how I ate for the first three years I worked there. <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll mentioned base pizza once. Honestly, they couldn't have got over here more quickly. Five minutes yeah. flat. Also great guys. Yeah. Oh, great guys. Uh, yeah. Super guys. It's the guys in Saba that I, I really like. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> I, I, uh, so Kenny last night, yeah. I could see, Joe, you were in that moment of this is, is this great? I'm not sure if this is great. Yeah, I wasn't sure. At one stage, Arthur uh, said something into my ear in the producer's box and for whatever reason, there was a technical issue. And I couldn't, genuinely couldn't tell from his body language. Was he giving me one of the clues in the crossword or was he saying, you need to wrap this up right now? It was definitely an awkward moment where I felt you maybe gave Kenny too much control when you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him. You anything. didn't want to, but when you asked him, when you asked him to uh, start reading out the crossword clues, it was like, "Oh, this now is uh, silence," <laughs> and Kenny in control of when the silence ends. In fairness, he is a wonderfully unique man. Oh, that is for sure. You can see why I was <laughs> everyone, with maybe the exception of one member of the Irish squad, you can see why everyone loved him. Like, there's very few characters like that mm. who just keep you going. And Long camps. The biggest criticism that one person had of Kenny was that, you know, he was always having raffles and uh, collecting some money for the bus driver or for people who helped the squad. They were the irritations. <laughs> Kenny doing nice things for people. Wow. <laughs> Off the Ball Daily is where you can find uh, that every evening now. Uh, Kenny Cunningham, not with us every evening. So you were inspired by Kenny being in studio uh -huh. and the brilliance of the radio that that produces that you decided to actually start coming in every Thursday night. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done, Joe. Uh, 53106 is the text number if you want to get in touch at Off The Ball uh, we've already seen a lot of each other because we've got a full 90 minutes of Golf Weekly in the bag yeah. like nothing happened in golf over the past week yet we still Not got much. there it uh, did provoke a uh, interesting conversation uh, right at the start I'm not sure how it came up where we inadvertently ended up insulting Peter Laurie well we tend <laughs> to on a routine basis in this case I think we were defending his honour because we were chatting about St Andrews and Roy McIlroy had eagled uh, the 18th this week and we said, have you ever eagled it, Peter? He said, no. And I think the word journeyman career came up. Didn't he say it first or one of us say it? But, uh, you know, journeyman career. And I thought, well, that is harsh. He's won on tour. He's out there for nearly 15 years. European Tour Rookie of the yeah, Year. You're Rookie of the Year. And Peter actually said, no, I'm a journeyman. I am the definition of a journeyman. And I just, I, it's quite a disparaging term, I would say. If I say journeyman to you, I don't know if it is di disparaging because... Well, what's below journeyman? Uh, below that is like... Me and you. A, failure. A, you know, a one-hit wonder. A, yeah. you know, a, a failure. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody so, who so, hasn't made it. So imagine so I said to you, you're, you're a journeyman broadcaster, one above failure. <laughs> you don't like it. But that, that'd be our true, Joe. Well, obviously. So th then I would be insulted. Correct. But like, there was many journeyman broadcasters out there who are you know, making a very solid living out of it and well done to them. Name names. <laughs> Come back to me at the Radio Awards next week about three in the morning and we'll have a good conversation then. Uh, oh, those conversations start much earlier in yeah. that night, by the way. Around the dinner table, everyone giving out. Yeah, See, exactly. I, think, I think for a journeyman, you have to have had a, a good career. I think 
it has to be said in a way that it's not insulting. Like a journeyman is, you've got to the top, hmm. towards the top, but never maybe reach that real elite level. Well, there's a good journeyman and a bad journeyman. Now, I always felt when Eamon Dunphy talked about himself as a journeyman, he was being disparaging. Who's a good journeyman? Like a pro's pro in football. Well, I went with Kevin Davis. Yeah. That's Played for a, a lot shape. of clubs. That's a good shape. Always, always knew what you were going to get. Did his job. Eight goals. Every season. He got 30 goals in one season. Eight goals every <laughs> season. See, that's the problem with being a journeyman. When you have those moments of absolute brilliance, everyone just sort of assumes your legacy is, I did all right. Yeah. Who, who are the best? Like, like in the G, you can't have a journeyman in the GEA, for example. No. Like, there, you can have a great I've servant, n- but you can't have a I've journeyman. I've never heard of a, a journeyman in the GEA. So like, who are the ultimate football, footballing journeymen? See, like I, when I first heard the term journeyman, I'm like, I would never apply it to a solo sports person because they're just plugging away at their own sport individually. Like I'd always associate it with, like when I first started reading like football magazines when I was younger, journeyman would be applied to people who are still plugging away at that age, like Frank Worthington and John Burridge, who'd been through like 20 odd clubs and were still like they'd rock up, play like three games for some non-league team be never heard of again for them yeah. and then like play for you know Brackley Town or Geisley or somewhere like that and get, then somehow get a loan into like a first division team uh, so like Burridge and Frank Worthington were like the two proper journeymen like I think Burridge was like on the fringe of England squads might have gone to the European Championships in 1980 um, but I want like, to get levels I want to get levels is Danny Murphy a journeyman a very no. good footballer no Danny no, Murphy had a no. very good career yeah I'd agree with that if you've played you've played more than once for your country you're not a journeyman you just made that up there did you but if we're setting criteria like we're, we're allowed to make this up right now because okay. i do think if you play it once you're you're just on those one hit wonder lists what Whereas about you... someone like real fox <laughs> yeah i thought he was a bit better than that for his is he a cult hero yeah fox in the box cult come he- on a dion dublin has been suggested <sighs> dion dublin was a bit better than that was dion's he not? feels very harsh manchester united's dion dublin can you be a journeyman if you played for Manchester United? I'm not yes. sure you can. Yes, but yeah, two words for you. Russell Beardsmore. I have, and now we're going back to you know a time when everyone was a journeyman. Yeah. Was was Jesper Blomqvist a journeyman? No. Jesper Blomqvist had a you sensational. Yeah, won a Champions League. Brilliant international career. I saw He's him standing a... next to Roy Keane at that uh, exhibition match just the other day, and I thought, I wonder does Roy still look at him and think, "To hell with you, anyway." <laughs> I, I think Roy Such looks a bad at most people like that. Shocking pass. Walked all the way over to Dashburger on Cable Street at lunchtime today, only <laughs> to find it was closed. Oh, Never gosh. been so devastated in my life, says Owen and Dunshocklin. They should have gone to Crew. Crew's a good place up around there, actually, as well. Karl Paborski is a good example of the ultimate journeyman. Not good enough for United. But then he turns up years later, mixed typing as I'm reading this. Still <laughs> playing. Where's it going? Oh, I try to preempt what he's going to say. Again, I, I, you don't even need to finish. Still playing for Slavia Prague. Slavia, Sorry, yeah. The goal that Karl Poborski scores at Euro 96 means he's never a journeyman. He does not score to the Euros. Yeah, like, that elevates you above that. Different status. I don't know what category he's in. But he's not journeyman. It's too high profile uh, a moment for journeyman. What about someone like Chris Armstrong? Chris Armstrong. See, what era is that? That's early 90s. 90s. It's no, no, no. Let's go. Come on. Give me, give me something. Somebody who's a current journeyman. A current journeyman. Ooh, current journeyman. He was bounced around a bit. Jordan Ayew. Jordan yeah. Ayew. Yeah. You be, need to be a bit more 
industrious than Jordan Ayew to be a journeyman. Do you not? Like, he's a nice, you know, scores four goals a season up front. Would I'm like sort a of Glenn thinking Murray of Lance playing the centre midfield. Mm. Glenn Murray, journeyman. Pro. Nailed. Journeyman. Yeah, there you go. Glenn Murray, there we go. Top of the list. Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Journeyman. Glenn Murray. By his own insistence. Like, I would say... Helps Glenn Murray. I would say Damien Delaney is what Mick is saying. Crossed my mind. Like, By his own admission, I think he'd say that as well. Yeah, he's the late flourish to his career maybe elevated him slightly above that. Like, did score one of the you know most memorable goals in the he, title race. He's had a high-profile week just gone. Whew. So, uh, I last saw you at the Eva Stadium on Tuesday. By the end of every international window now, I never want to talk about Ireland again. <laughs> it's just too much. It's too intense. It's just non-stop. Thank God this wasn't a four-game window. We're putting a bow on this with John Giles this evening. What are we saying? Oh, I think... We're saying that Stephen Kenny is now at the stage that he needs results right from the start of the Euro 2024 campaign. The divide is maybe even greater than it was a week ago. I do think people have incredibly short memories as to what went before Stephen Kenny. Mm. This sense that Ireland were sort of moving along steadily, getting close to qualification, and that that would have just continued if a more experienced manager with experience of the English game had stayed in charge or taken charge Ireland were heading rapidly towards a cliff in terms of quality of footballers Hmm. because none had been developed for years and years and years so this transformation needed to happen did we expect there to be as many speed bumps along the way I don't think anyone did have they helped themselves with the quality of performances no with the mistakes that have been made on the pitch by players absolutely not Hmm. But to suggest that this, you know, that this wasn't coming, I think this type of campaign over the last couple of years had been coming for Irish football for quite a while. But now these players are established. Any manager, I think, needs to either qualify or have an almighty hard luck story that they didn't qualify, that you end up drawn with Spain and England and you're run them close and somehow you don't end up with a playoff. Yeah. That's where I stand. I think... There's undoubted progress with this group. Yeah, I they're agree. playing. They're playing it like the last four games have been entertaining games of football. They've got seven points from the last four games. They screwed up at the start of both campaigns. That can't happen again. But I think the the far left and the far right of this are probably too extreme. Like the he's a League of Ireland manager stuff is just nonsense. Mm. But I don't know. My sense the last night was this was a forgettable enough tuna win where they played for lots of the game with a good tempo didn't create enough chances didn't really have that final bit of quality and had an absolute 90 second meltdown that is somewhat inexplicable Hmm. and that means that somehow despite the victory the pressure is ratcheted up yet again yeah it didn't it was not a game to conclusively answer all questions I'd agree with most of that to be honest I think um, we don't have a team of world beaters either now that's not to say that you're going back and, and previous managers who've made that point and saying well that was good that they said that I think Stephen Kenny as heart of hearts knows the quality of player that we have but is still trying to play with a certain ambition and like thank God because a decade of playing with no ambition was just miserable and also increasingly it's not going to work anymore because the football is evolving and so like the other night they played a lot of good stuff the biggest frustration last night is not the two goals the two goals are just both so weird I think the first one they don't vacate midfield like that ever again and certainly not against opposition of note there was a certain arrogance there that you know 
these guys aren't going to score because they were dreadful Armenia and the second goal doesn't need to be analysed because again it was just so odd but I, I like Kenny was on last night on the football show and you know the biggest frustration for him was the lack of chances created for all the possession and that was definitely the frustration I had but I think in the main we're scoring goals that Ireland never scored before in terms of quality or, sorry not never before but in recent history cutting teams open centre halves having the courage to come out and go buy a few players and you know I, I we, we do need to still be realistic about our expectations. I mean, we'll have to see who's in the group. If England are second seeds and they're in our group, then it's not realistic to demand of the manager we qualify for the Euros via the group, is it? Of any manager? No, no. but I think they will have to go close. Oh, they'll have to give it a good crack. They'll have to beat the lowest seeds in all of the matches they play against them, yeah. all the teams ranked below them, and then give it a good go, or else I think Stephen Kenny is, without question, fighting for his role. Yeah. And again, that extreme left extreme right like this thing of well people who said Stephen Kenny was coming in like that we would be qualifying for everything with ease no like the main reason that people wanted to change was that Irish football was in a bad place in crisis everybody knew that there was uh, a a clear gap in quality of players coming through that you know we were sticking with like I saw pointed out that Adam Brown was the youngest player to play in Mick McCarthy's last game in charge he was the youngest player he's 24 Mm. so I think everyone knew that this sort of issue was coming down the track but people wanted to see more entertaining games so I was listening back just for reference to the Denmark game we did the commentary on and it was a one-all draw against Denmark if Ireland had won they would have qualified for the Euros you would say now in hindsight three yeah. years on that was great Yeah. yet we were on commentary afterwards alongside Damien Delaney and all three of us were incredibly critical saying this can't go on like Ireland didn't give themselves a chance of winning that game at all mm. I ended up watching back a good chunk of Ireland-Armenia from a decade ago under Trapattoni which again was a game Ireland had to win to qualify for the playoffs for Euro 2012. Mm. And it was dire. Yeah. Like, Armenia down to 10 men. Ireland are scraping through. They win 2-1 at the end. Richard Dunn scores, scores the goal. Uh, and it was a team with Dunn, given Robbie Keane wasn't playing, but Duff was there. Like, and again, you think we won to qualify for a playoff. But when you're watching back again, the analysis was, it was dire. Mm. Like, there was no ambition. And I think that has changed. Now, are Ireland ever going to be topping their qualifying group to qualify for a World Cup again? No. I'm not sure. No. I'm not sure. Like, and we, John Giles is on, on the football show. We recorded it earlier. And when you dig deeper and deeper and deeper, it's, well, Stephen Kenny doesn't have the players in this position. And Stephen Kenny has backed himself into a corner, I think, in a lot of different ways over the last couple of years. And one of them is he can't ever criticise the players. No, and he won't. Because of what he said. But he, and he's playing a more pragmatic brand to suit the footballers that we have as well, which mm. I think is good. Like, if we were still doing what, we're, what happened when he first took over and trying to roll the ball out split centre-halves in the six-yard box at every turn, then I'd be very, very worried. But I think in Kenny, over the last year in particular, we've seen more pragmatism and a sense of things still going in the right direction. I think the team are still so obviously playing for him. And actually, I think even if it had finished 2-2 the other night, I, I don't sense uh, many boos. I think the fans are still... You know, even just anecdotally talking to fans, you know, they, they're very quick to say, well, look, look at the players we have. Look where they're playing. What are we expecting? But they like that he's trying to mm. attack and go for it. Uh, Richie, we should get into the news round. Um, so news today uh, from the IRFU. So it's obviously been we've been talking a lot about concussion on the show for, for many years at this stage. Uh, but a case been taken against the IRFU in World Rugby. Yeah, pretty substantial one here would seem. Former Ireland flanker David Corkery is among three ex-players taking legal action against the IRFU and World Rugby. They lodged proceedings in the High Court 
related to concussions, it's believed, and brain injuries suffered in their playing days. Corkery, ex-Ulster and Ireland prop Declan Fitzpatrick and former Leinster and Connacht player Ben Marshall are also taking action against their former provinces. The IRFU, in response, said it will be inappropriate to directly comment on the legal action, adding that it will be dealt with by their insurers. They've also highlighted their dedication to player welfare. I'd imagine the IRFU were expecting this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only surprise was actually that we it didn't come from this jurisdiction sooner, given the high-profile case, obviously, across the Irish Sea. And I saw uh, there was a quote in one of the pieces um, today on this, suggesting there will be 250 cases taken in both jurisdictions. And uh, it was reading, the Irish Times had a an interview that Dave Corkery had uh, done earlier this year with Rugby Pass. And uh, he was saying that when he played, he had no respect for my body. I got knocked out. I woke up and a few seconds later I was playing again. That's not right. That n- shouldn't have been the case. And that, you know, will be uh, his claim. He's suing Munster Rugby, the IRFU and World uh, Rugby. The others are suing the teams uh, they played for. And, and I guess the the alleged uh, case is that they were inadequately protected from uh, the possibility of concussion. And it's led to long term serious injury as to how all this plays out. um who knows, like 250 cases and, and individual cases at that. It's going to take a long time to pick through the various uh, aspects of a class action. And obviously for rugby, you know, uh, it could lead to a massive payout. It may not. We don't know. And, and the courts decide. But uh, yeah, we knew this was coming. And, and you suspect this is going to play it over quite a long time now. Mm-hmm. I think I suspect by the time this is all done, we'll be very, very familiar uh, the news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, Bundyaki then was sent off last weekend for Connacht in their game against the Stormers. Uh, his suspension is in, Richie? It is, and it's a sizable one. Bundyaki is going to miss the first two tests of Ireland's autumn series, having been handed an eight-game ban. The Connacht Centre red carded for that dangerous challenge on Stormers wing Sabelio Senatla. Aki's actions were rated at the top end of the disciplinary scale due to his confrontation with the match referee after the card was presented. As a result, he'll miss Ireland's games with South Africa and Fiji, but he could feature against Australia if he completes a head contact coaching course. Sticking with Connacht and David Hawkshaw will make his first start for the province in tomorrow's game with the Vodacom Bulls in Pretoria. His replacing of Conor Fitzgerald, one of seven changes from last week's defeat to the Stormers. The disciplinary process is a bit mad. He could get his sentence reduced if he completes a coaching course. Like this is the third time he's been sent off. Like twice for Ireland, once now for Connacht. It was a like it was a ferocious challenge and mm. the player is you know injured and going to be out for a considerable period of time and then his reaction afterwards where he just won't leave the referee alone. Yeah. Uh, this could have longer term consequences now for Bundyak if he does end up missing the autumn series as well as the fact that Andy Farrell has to be looking at this. Well, it opens the door for someone else and then there will be, uh, there is a trend in Bundyaki's uh, career of late given the two sendings off for Ireland, so for sure. I mean, there is also something odd about the rugby um, disciplinary process where it seems they're more aggrieved at a player remonstrating with a referee than injuring somebody and they're out of the game for four to six months. You know, like even you hear the talk over the last couple of weeks and or the couple of days and there is a degree of, and, did you, and he talked to the referee as well. You know, well, let's, let's go back to the initial situation because Ruby needs to get to grip with that whole area the breakdown and myself and Matt tried to talk about it last night and he had some ideas about how to make it safer and Matt to be fair and he was I don't want to misquote him was absolutely saying it was a red card but he was saying you know in the co-light of day Bundyaki did have a bit of a point when he asked the referee where do you want me Um, and I heard Luke Fitzgerald make a similar-ish point in his podcast although he added that where you know Bundyaki can have no complaints is he, he, he 
threw himself in off his feet. Mm. And so there was a recklessness there. But um, that look, the breakdown area, how many injuries do we see from there all of the time? The size, the speed, the explosivity. Um, it's an issue. And, and yet yeah, the referee stuff, I mean, that was um, heat of the moment and silly. And, and he's, paying a, he's paying a big price. I'm sure, I'm sure Stuart McCluskey's ears have pricked up. Well, as I think you pointed out, the commentary at the time from the South African commentary team was... Great hit. What a hit! Yeah. What a hit! Five years ago, it might have been... Mm. We might all have been saying great hit. And, and like there is a reality that his job is to go in there with maximum force and destruction. And, like, and I, you know, because we, we can't be hypocritical when we're sitting here analysing a game. We'll be, we'll be criticising an Irish province or an Irish team for not being destructive enough at the breakdown. So I'm sure the players are sitting there saying, well, you know, I know what my coach wants and the pundits want, and, but I have to be super safe as well. Like, it's a, it's a very difficult area to, to legislate for. On journeymen, then, I see a journeyman as someone who's made a good pro career for themselves through hard work and leadership rather than through supreme natural talent. Definitely a compliment. Glenn Whelan, a good Irish example. Central midfield loves a journeyman in general. I was going to say Glenn Whelan, but it just feels like it would be disparaging. In it is disparaging. I told you it's disparaging. It depends on the player. I... Uh, the, the most bizarre one uh, we've had so far is Liz McColgan what about a journey woman hey, Liz McColgan won a gold medal at a world championship <laughs> it's also just a bizarre thing to come up with it's a bit strange I want, I want to see their workings for that one actually I want to see why Liz McColgan has come to the front there Phil Bardsley is an example of a current journeyman yes. Yes. Like playing for Burnley definitely puts you in contention yeah I think yeah. a lot of journeymen Jack there Jack Cork yeah. Jack Cork is a great journeyman Swansea Burnley, yeah. but you wouldn't say to his face. I mean, you're like you're you're, you're running away from Glenn Whelan there. It is disparaging. Well, I think because Glenn Whelan's played nearly a hundred times for his country. Mm. What you done for me lately, Jack Cork? True. Not the world's greatest football country either, though. <laughs> played a hundred times for England. Uh, definition plays many clubs at least five: Lee Trundle, Dean Windass, currently Andros Townsend. Andros, yeah. Andros, Andros is a bit too tricky to be a. You don't think journeyman. A, you, a journeyman for you? I'm sensing shouldn't a, shouldn't have flair. No, shouldn't have a trick. No. So maybe maybe I'm been too prescriptive. Hard Billy Sharp says Stephen Doyle. Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp. Oh yeah, let's Billy see Sharp. there. Billy Sharp scored a lot of goals. I think he's got the record championship goal scorer. Billy Sharp. Would you call Kenny Cunningham a journeyman? Oof. Captain his country and played at a World Cup job. Oh, exactly, you know? exactly. But a small country, you know, not really, a, not really a great footballing nation, are we? And that what would be like, what a, what a, bit like a Charlie Austin. Definitely not what I said. Charlie Austin fits the bill, doesn't he? Yeah. So Kenny's a no for you. Well, I, I'm going to see Kenny quite soon, so <laughs> I don't know. I knew Peter Laurie would be quite accepting of it, and he was also <laughs> on the right. other end of a Zoom call. Peter Laurie insisted he was a journeyman. <laughs> we were trying to say he wasn't. Kenny, 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 so modest he would probably describe himself as a journeyman. I think if you captain your country, you can't be. You can't be. No. Went to a World Cup. We'll, we'll leave Kenny off the list uh, for now. Who else can I ask you about that might get you in trouble? Um, <laughs> well, we've already mentioned Damien Delaney. You mentioned him. No, no uh, Mick, Mick put it through. <laughs> Somebody was questioning the fact that we were um, talking about Dion Dublin, but we were saying Damien Delaney is above the list. I think Damien Le- or Dion Dublin's above the list as well. So, I, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit too young, but didn't the leg break really curtail what he could have been? That's my understanding. So that changes, that moves him out of journeyman. Yeah, that's, that's something else. Not a waste of talent, but no, just No, 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 no. What could have been. Maybe, yeah. There's a bit more. All right. I'm not, I'm not as unsure, unsure of footing there, but I feel, didn't he have a terrible leg break? Dion, Dion Dublin? He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of rugby team news, Richie. 
a hell of a lot of it, yeah. Uh, Max Deegan is going to captain the emerging Ireland side that plays the Greek was in Bloemfontein tomorrow. Munster's Jack Crowley will be given a chance to impress it at half, forming a half-back partnership with Ulster's Nathan Doak. So the team in full is Shane Daly at full-back. Wings are Calvin Nash and Robert Balakun. Jamie Osborne and Stuart Moore are in the centre. That half-back partnership of Crowley and Doak. The front row is comprised of Josh Witterly, Tom Stewart and Thomas Clarkson. Joe McCarthy and Tom Ahern are in the second row and it's the back row then of David McCann, Scott Penny and the aforementioned Max Deegan. Uh, Jonathan Sexton, he was going to make his first appearance of the season, it would seem, in Leinster's URC meeting with Ulster tomorrow night. He's named on the bench for that game at Kingspan Stadium. Ross Byrne and Jack Conan come into the starting 15 for Kieran Foley and Caelan Doris. Ulster makes just one alteration from their win over the Scarlets. It's in the front row with Tom O'Toole replacing Marty Moore at tight head. Pattern to this one, Kyle Lafferty, David Healy, Stephen Davis, Michael Hughes, Connor Washington. Does being from Northern Ireland massively increase the chances of you being a journeyman? Yes. Joe? Joe? <laughs> <No>. Joe? <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I, no. No, I don't think so. Do you? No. It's just a coincidence that all five of them are on that list and <laughs> t- t- seem to fit the criteria that we want. I don't understand the criteria anymore. I wish I'd never brought this up. 